This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. From Studio C. A dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And today, brand new week, Monday, day before Election Day, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Endless rehashings of the midterm. Particularly the polls. Oi. And I just I just don't get that. I mean, maybe you're into it. I, I just I can't imagine anybody being into it. Well, they have that. They're lazy. The journalists and talking heads of America are lazy. You know, I said last week during one of the five-minute periods I was here that I don't get the um, breaking down, you know, the Indiana 6th. You said you, you were kind of into it. At least I can see, like, if you're talking about the issues, huh, interesting. Right. You know, right. um, uh... Uh, the pork farmers have uh, been up against this situation, and this guy's blah, 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 blah. Yep, you nailed it. That's exactly what I find interesting when they get down to the particulars in the people. I don't follow that, but at least I could understand why someone might. Yeah. Why you follow the various polls day by day? You know what my favorite one is? The generic Democrat candidate across America with a six-point advantage over the... Rep- that is so meaningless. You know, if there's one giant district somewhere that's 100% Democrat, that explains the entire difference across the country. That's not the case, but you get my point. That's not the way we vote in America. doesn't matter. It's amazing to me that young that older people do turn out uh, way more than younger people. Um, uh, that's just, you know. That's because we know what's at stake. Yeah, but uh, stone like the youngsters. But also, I'm I'm uh, it's, I'm kind of surprised that it doesn't go the other way. You don't vote because you know what's at stake. <laughs> you you've heard this is the most important election of your life. You've heard we're going to take back the country for you. You've heard these things enough times that you realize it's a bunch of crap. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm surprised. I guess you look through all that and think, well, you know, this person's for that tax policy, and this person's for. This war and et cetera, et cetera. But I think oh my so. Yeah. God. You absolutely dismiss the bluster. You dismiss the grand rhetoric. And, and you go to, well, I'll raise my taxes. I, that. <laughs> I saw a young, uh, excited journalist who obviously is a liberal because she's a young journalist um, uh, on uh, maybe Face the Nation, one of those shows yesterday, and saying, and the Democrats are excited because if they take back the House, they see it as an end to the corruption that's been plaguing D.C., and I thought, oh, my God. Wow. How many times have I heard various parties say they're going to end the corruption in D.C.? (laughs) That little gal believed that was going to happen. because she's young, which is true. I believed it when I was young. Yeah, I believed you finished her, buddy! (laughs) Because you hadn't been through it 15 times. (laughs) <laughs> to realize some things just don't change. Right. Or if they're going to change, it ain't because of, you know, a, a congressional election. Right. Anyway, let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start over there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Hi, this morning, Mike. I'm doing good. You know, I don't always pay attention to trends, but um, my girlfriend, she wants to see the Freddie Mercury, the movie about Queen. Right. Um, I, I'm hearing mixed reviews on it, but I said, all right, I'll, I'll take you. So I was going to go to the movie theater, but now I guess you have to reserve seats. What? A lot of the movie oh, theaters man. now, you reserve your seats ahead Nobody of time. Told me Do that. they think they can stomp you and spit in your eye? So, I mean, so like they think to, they can love you and leave you to die? It's like going to a sporting event where you have an assigned seat and you sit there and... You got so, mud on your face oh, and a big disgrace. Oh, Michael. Exactly. Won't you listen to me, Michael? You just got to get out. You just got to get right out of there. 
Any, anyway, I don't know what to make of that, but it's just it just sucks because I'm used to you know walking up to the you know ticket booth and you know uh, don't ask me the last time I was in a movie theater they had a piano player. <laughs> Wait a minute, ticket booth, and this one actually makes sense, Sean. You'll enjoy this ticket bo- booth. Do you do the fandango? <laughs> hey, very good. Booyah! Bullseye! But yeah, um, many theaters have reduced the number of seats that they have per theater, but they've made the seats nicer and assigned, and kind of as a way to help oh, justify or offset the the I'm, ticket, the increasing ticket price. I'm all for that. Trying to make it more of a nice experience. Sure, mm-hmm. sure, that makes perfectly Fair. good sense to me. You got to know that, obviously. You're going to show up and what? Uh, there's um, Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Uh, I went to myself, did actually go to a, a theater, a live theater. I found myself in one of these charming little, uh, very low-budget community productions. It was from a you know local playwright's take on a Frankenstein thing, and they were oh, doing their own stuff. And it was one of those, the, the theater had maybe like, 26 seats in it right it was very small very just charming and i there's there's something just very warming to my soul when i experience those things and uh i i just want to encourage uh people to go find small budget local things wherever you are and go go check it out there's there's creative people all over the place and creative people remain my favorite people support the local arts yes Shona that's right yes there is uh, Marsha Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marsha? I had a big weekend, got a flu shot and a haircut, and then I got oh. yelled at by my neighbor for having my TV too loud. Oh. New person in the neighborhood, right? Oh, I'm boy. in the kitchen. I'm cooking up one of my gourmet meals. I'm listening to one of the rallies on the TV in the other room. Sure. I got the, uh, the uh, back uh, sliding door open because it's a nice day. And apparently the TV rally was just too much for this person who was angrily ringing my bell. And when I went to it, I said, hi. And she yelled at me, why don't you turn down your television? It's Sunday. Don't you realize I'm going, geez, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It's Sunday. You can have a loud TV on Mondays. I, I did not understand this person. Was it a Trump rally? Uh, I was, it was just coverage of all the rallies. It was Obama, it was Trump, it was everybody, you know, it was just kind of a montage of rallies. Man, there was some jazzy political action over the weekend. Yeah. I mean, the pe- the people really bring out their craziest rhetoric for a couple of days before an election. Oh this, boy. This is gonna, you know, this is life or death. Oh yeah. Oh on, yeah. On every issue. Yeah. You have to say, apparently in the last 48 hours, just, just, you know, like I said, if you've heard it over and over and over again, you realize it is what it is. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. I got a story, but I'll save it later. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is, how did it already get to be Monday, November 5th, the year 2018? We're setting you straight in 21-8. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Well, and I said this last week, as I believe this is the most important election of the week. <laughs> we need to get down to uh, a business here. According to FCC rules and regs, here's the official beginning of the show at Mark. I just don't think everybody's vote should count the same. I mean, there's no way my vote should count as much as Obama's. I mean, if two doctors disagree on a diagnosis, they don't turn to the janitor and say, you want to break this tie, Carl? (laughs) I agree. Weighted voting. <laughs> what are our other headlines, Marshall Phillips? Uh, last full day for campaigning before tomorrow's record-setting midterm vote. Looks like the migrant uh, caravan has suffered a setback, and America's favorite Thanksgiving pie is no longer pumpkin. What? Coming up minutes from now. Huh. I had, my, I had some pumpkin pie last week. It was delicious. Great scum. Um, There's nothing sacred. More people have voted in early voting in Texas... Then voted total in 2014 in Texas. 
That is astounding. It really is. Yeah, it is going to be some. It's going to be near presidential election numbers tomorrow. That's exciting. We'll endlessly rehash. No, we won't. No, we won't. (laughs) How does mailbag look? Oh, it's really good. It's a controversy. A couple of our beloved listeners are involved in a bitter, bitter local controversy. Okay. Much like Marshall with his blasting TV and utter disregard for his neighbors. We'll break down the Indiana's 6th District in the latest polls. That's what we'll do. I just love Indiana. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so much to catch up on. Stay with us. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. sounds cynical about voting. I'm not really. It's just that um, very little of this is about uh, substance of any kind. And I'll, I'll hit this later. There's a good op-ed in the New York Post by a guy named F.H. Buckley, who teaches law at the Scalia Law School or something. Uh, anyway, he's a Trump hater, but he's a Republican. And he said, thanks to Dems and Trump's, this year's campaigns mostly dodged the real issues. And it is true Mm. that it's way more about personality, as usual, and a bunch of fringe things that aren't going to change. You know, you start arguing about uh, abortion and uh, and various things that aren't actually going to change, right? Um, And 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 never get down to things that we actually could uh, change, one way or the other. Right, right. Yeah, I'm trying to come up with an opposite of a hot button issue, a uh, sweat and grime issue. You know, an issue that needs to be dealt with, but it will take some work and effort. Uh, How do we all not get mobilized like crazy to vote sometime where the national conversation is, are we going to move Social Security back to age 70 or cut the amount or, you know, Medicare, all these different stuff. The, the stuff that's going to ruin the country if we don't deal with well, it. Well, because it's a near unanimous issue. No, we, uh, we don't want to move it. We don't want to change it. We just want to keep getting it. And the fact that we can't pay with, for it is with taxes a, at the it same makes rate. no difference to me whatsoever. I right. don't know what you're talking about. La 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 la. <laughs> Mailbag. Hey, no, here's your uh, freedom loving quote of the day. <clears throat> it's actually from Edward Snowden, who I think a lot of you think is a traitor and a rotten scoundrel. He had revealed way too much. I'll tell you that. I appreciated some of what he revealed, honestly. Some of it was utterly inappropriate. We still might not know the NSA was doing all the stuff they were doing spying on us if he hadn't done what he did. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, most human beings, he's a little hero, a little villain. But he said, politics is the art of convincing decent people to forget that the lesser of two evils is also evil. <laughs> it's right there in the name. Here's your crime of day, because there's so many federal crimes, nobody even knows how many there are. It's uh, Section 47, U.S. Code, Paragraph 502, and 47 CFR 8.89, Paragraph 8. Makes it a federal crime for a ship's radio operator to willfully engage in superfluous radio communication. <laughs> hey, uh, Maersk, uh, Alabama? Uh, Maersk, Alabama, uh, do me a favor, go down to your kitchen and uh, see if your refrigerator's running. <laughs> that sort of thing. It's federal law, my friends. How much your weekly shower thoughts is compiled by Rich in Salt Lake City? Translators in the U.N. can start a war whenever they feel like it. (laughs) (laughs) That would be the wrong job for a merry prankster. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Well, he said, so's your face. (laughs) 
<laughs> he said, your face is an abomination against mankind. <laughs> People would talk less. He said, that's what your wife told me this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. That was quite something. Wow. An incursion onto your territory. That's what your wife said last night. People would talk less trash if duels were still a thing. I read a really great piece. I wish I still had it or remember where it was. It was about um, uh, honor societies and law societies. And then uh, what was the third kind that we're in right now? Grievance societies. And how the mechanisms of the enforcement of social norms change. Well, and like many things, I believe, in in societies and civilizations, it never stands still and it can't stand still. It's constantly varying between extremes or touching the perfect sweet spot, then moving along quickly without even realizing it was on the sweet spot. Well, some of it gets to tomorrow's vote, maybe. But as I was telling my wife last night, look, no democracy's ever made it this long. We don't know how this whole thing turns out if you just keep a democracy going. Eventually, maybe everybody does just decide, I want to be comfortable and safe and have stuff from the government. Right. It sounds awesome. <laughs> it does and, sound awesome. And it just can't continue because you reach that point. You know, there have been anti-people uh, that don't believe in democracy who have been saying that for a long time. It might be true. Uh, hand dryers are a really good way to waste five minutes before you wipe your hands on your pants. <laughs> Pretty good. That's so true. God, I'm telling you, the new ones sound like a freaking jet engine. They're so loud. Do you, how about the ones where you stick your hands in it? It's like a, like a, the, the, just a thin layer of wind mm-hmm. and you move them up and down. Works about as well as the other kinds right, as far as I can so tell. so loud. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can play the game of chess and the game of checkers on the same board, which makes the chessboard the first ever gaming platform. Mm. Ooh. Yeah, there you go. Saying, I'm going to be using that at cocktail parties. Saying drugs and alcohol is like saying food and sandwiches. There's there's definitely truth to that. It's a drug. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And finally, because I didn't go through them all, uh, you can't go. <laughs> oh, this was worth sorting through. <clears throat> you can't go out and buy pants. Unless you already have pants, so you can thank your first pair of pants. <laughs> oh, boy, that is funny. Don't we need more of that during these fevered, angry times, friends? Just an honest chuckle. It's like the old, it takes money to make money. It takes pants to buy pants. Yes. <laughs> oh, why See, am I so No, I need to buy pants. Sir, you have to leave. No, I need pants. We can see that. But <laughs> Yeah, you can't come in here with no pants on. Uh, a couple of responses to my uh, wondering about Prop 10, the rent control measure in California. We'll save those for a moment or two because they're worth uh, fleshing out. The rent is too damn high. I keep hearing that. Uh, Amanda writes... Um, And I thought we were done with Halloween comments, but I kind of like this one. I live in a Silicon Valley neighborhood that, for various reasons, is extremely popular for trick-or-treating. Yeah, because you probably give out microchips or iPhones or something. (laughs) Um, We get about 300 kids per year. Wow, that would be festive. little thumb drive in everybody's basket. We get zero per year where I live now. Really? And it's a drag. Yeah. And many people who come to our door are from other lands and clearly have no idea how the tradition works. Sometimes their kids wander into our house. Some stand back while their parents selects candy for them. A lot of them say neither trick or treat nor thank you. I'm okay from the homeowner's side, but maybe I'll make an instructional handout for how to trick or treat. Well, that's interesting. <clears throat> it's not a it's not a difficult uh, 
entire way of going about things. Oh, yeah. The instruction manual is like four sentences long. If you've had kids, they, they catch it around age two. Right. Pretty much pick up on it. I can only imagine how confusing it must be for an immigrant to find waves of kids and parents arriving at your door all of a sudden. So maybe the list of instructions is for them, too. Uh, I can hear Sean saying, yeah, but still, I don't know why. KRGI, keep ridiculing government idiocy, Amanda. Don't worry, Amanda. That's all we know how to do. So much damn candy still floating around my house and anybody who's got kids, probably. You just don't need it there. You walk by and there's a little tiny bite-sized candy bar around. You're going to eat it. Yeah. Yeah, God dang it. Sometimes I see how many bites I can get out of a bite-sized candy bar. <laughs> Make it last. Contrarian. 18. That's my record. I, uh, I, a certain beloved relative of mine who's, uh, who battles her weight um, got a bunch of candy anticipating trick-or-treaters at their new place, and they got none. So now they have bags of candy. Now you got to get rid of it. Yeah. Boy, you have to. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, here's a request. And we get this semi-regularly, so we probably ought to do it. I'd love to hear the full clips that contain many of the beloved sound bites that you we hear all the time. All the Trump ones, Teat, Alex Baldwick, how dare you, how dare you. Alex Baldwin, who punched somebody in the face over the weekend and ended yes. up in jail. Yes! He might actually be a crazy person. That'd be Alex fun, Baldwick. Fun feature, a regular little segment. Yeah, we'll do that, Luke. That's a really good idea. We should do that. You know what we also should do? Mention to you that you can email us anytime. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. That's mailbag. At armstrongandgetty.com. Um, and then fu- f- uh, finally on the, uh, the uh, if they uh, throw rocks, we have rifles, shoot rifles thing, which the president walked back because it was obviously pretty incendiary. incendiary. San Antonio Dave reminds us that two Border Patrol agents were killed in West Texas earlier this year, uh, smashed with rocks. So I don't remember the particulars of that. But if you had that in your mind and, and thought it might happen again, yeah, you'd be a little combative about that. Michael, do you have any uh, any long forms of sound clips uh, handy right now? Uh, do you have like Charles Krauthammer where we got the teat clip from? Um, we got like very little time here, but I could definitely get some during the break if you want. You know what I'm hearing? Excuses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Okay, so coming up, too long for mailbag, but a response to my Prop 10 property rights thing. Um, and also, uh, some fabulous, fabulous hypocrisy at Google with their whole, you know, super progressive walkout thing. Um, why From this... an insider, a whistleblower. How the most important election of our lifetime has been not about issues um, is worth, worth looking into. It's a little disturbing. It's the direction we're going, though. I expect it to be even worse in 2020. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know about you. Uh, Marshall's News on the way. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't know what the world may. An unbelievable and nearly unprecedented 74% of people are very or somewhat satisfied with their personal economic situation. Wow. You would think with that going on, the party in charge would win in a landslide. Republican sweep. Huh, I wonder what that feels like. <laughs> we discussed this fair amount in your absence yesterday, or last week, rather. Uh, political scientists agree. People do not vote from gratitude. They don't show up. They vote from fear, anger, and resentment. That's pretty interesting. Um, I wonder if that's going to rewrite the playbook for politics, because to a certain extent, if you accomplish 
the things you want to accomplish, you're done. I think that is the playbook for politics. Uh, uh, yeah, it's not. Do you mean like the, you'll intentionally not get anything done? Well, or, you know, as we've certainly noticed with um, uh, immigration, and to a certain extent, I think abortion, it's they like having the issue better than solving it. Certainly, yeah. And, but if you run on the economy and you get the economy humming, you better find something else to flog. Because people will not respond, saying, this is great, let's keep it up. Democracy is a terrible idea. <laughs> let's get to the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, today is the last full day of campaigning before the midterm elections. President Trump has got three rallies set for today. By the time the dust settles, looking at a record number of voters turning out for a midterm voter turnout record. Uh, Sunday appearances in Georgia and Tennessee, the president was highlighting the economy, saying... You know, my friends, we are overperforming, and he was warning what a Democrat victory would mean to the country. So if you want more caravans and you want more crime, vote Democrat. It's very simple. No, I don't want that. If you want strong borders and safe communities, vote Republican. That one's way better. I wonder what's in his heart. Because I think he understands... Kentucky Fried Chicken. Kentucky Kentucky Fried Chicken. (laughs) Plaque. Um, because uh, I gotta believe his political instincts realize that running against the House Democrats and Nancy Pelosi is a great way to spend the next two years. A great way to spend the next two years. Yeah. On the other hand, he might think, man, they have the the power to subpoena my taxes and all these various things. It's going to be a long two years. I don't know which he's hoping for. Well, and I could absolutely see him. In the last two years of his term, if uh, the economy does uh, take a wobble or, or, or even stumble or something crazy happens, he can blame it on the Democrats in the House, and then fear, anger, and resentment right. will get people to the polls in 2020. Yeah. I haven't heard anybody say, other than uh, Roger Hedgecock on stage with us in San Diego, former mayor of San Diego, that, yeah, it'd be great for Trump to run against Nancy Pelosi and the House Democrats. He's better off with them taking the House mm-hmm. in terms of him running for president. So we'll see. Former President Obama was out uh, on the uh, rally trail. He was in Indiana, Gary, Indiana, saying to the crowd there, Goodness and decency is still out there. Kindness is still out there. Generosity is still out there. Hope is still out there. We just have to stand up and speak for it. Listening to Obama speaking again reminded Obama. me of just how sick I was of his... His style of speaking, how cool he thinks he is, and his syntax, and just I'm just sick of hearing him, which reminds me of George W. Bush at the end of eight years. I just couldn't stand to hear him say another word. One six-year term, that's plenty. That's what we need to go with. <laughs> you know what I, know, what I noticed? No, a lot of people have suggested that, Sean. That's my, a, right? my mom has been saying that since yeah. I was a little kid. Yeah. Single One six-year six year term. term. No running for re-election crap. You just... I like that. You get a good long time to implement your agenda, and then you're gone. I laughed because it just seemed like it's such a jarring change, but it kind of makes sense. I I can see a lot of wisdom in that. I don't remember Obama ever campaigning himself hoarse when he was was running. Right. You know, and that's that's one thing I noticed. Trump is still in good voice, but boy, did you hear Joe Biden over the weekend? His voice is gone. Trump is a... Physical marvel. Yep. He is. He really he is. He needs to be appreciated for what he's pulling off at his age, yep. just physically. His his schedule for campaigning this last month has been insane. And, I mean, he takes no care of himself. As far as I know, he gets zero exercise. Right. I've never and heard any cr- reference to him exercising. No. And he oh, eats right. crap. Yeah. Fat. And he doesn't sleep much and he either. Doesn't but, sleep. you know, he's just yeah. made that way. Yeah. But. Yeah. 
Turns out the main caravan from Central America has suffered a setback. Mexico has indeed taken significant steps to slow down the migrants as they make their way toward the southern U.S. border. Specifically, Mexico has helped make sure caravan members stay marching on their feet and are not taking buses or other transportation. Because that's cheating or what? You don't get full score if you end up at the border and you didn't walk the whole way? What is that? There was a move on for some government help in getting to the border. Then some businesses said, oh, you know, we'll step in and help out. This isn't the New York Marathon. You don't have to walk the entire thing or run the entire thing. It is known as El Screwing with them. (laughs) I think they're just trying to dick with them and slow them down because Trump's all angry about it. Did you hear that uh, the the Mexican government offered the the various caravanners temporary asylum and work permits, and they said no, we want to go to the U.S. Well, I would too. I'd be on. I'd be. I'd be in their shoes. U.N. Charter says you've got to apply for asylum at the first country you come to. I've been so hearing. Don't my, give me the whole d- 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 sob story. I've been hearing my whole life. I'm living in Honduras that you can cross the border in the United States and just stay there, which yeah. is true. I would keep Where did walking. they get that idea? I would keep walking. <laughs> right. Well, it turns out the uh, favorite Thanksgiving pie isn't pumpkin anymore. Oh, I don't Lord. believe this. Come on, Apple. So Come I, on! So I brought home a pie <laughs> over the weekend, and I, uh, I, sto- I, st- I told my wife, I said, I stopped at the pie store, and she said, you know, most people call that the fruit stand, but you can call it the pie <laughs> store if you want. <laughs> Because <laughs> I never buy any fruit or anything. I just get their pies. But when I was checking out, the uh, the young girl that worked there said, would you like a card, one of the stamp cards? And I said, oh, my God. If I get one of those cards, I've crossed some sort of line. She says, everybody reacts that way when I offer them one of these pie cards. They always laugh or say, oh, my God. <laughs> if I'm into the buy four, four pies and get one free part of my life, that's <laughs> anyway, the pie store. Pillsbury aggravated, uh, aggregated, a- aggregated the data from uh, searches on its website to find out which pie Americans love the best. From fifth to first. For in, Thanksgiving or just in general? Yeah, for Thanksgiving. They're okay. talking about for Thanksgiving. In fifth place, they found... <laughs> We're going to count them up. Sweet potato pie with 6%. It's fine pie, popular in the South. Yep. Pecan pie, 16%, came oh, in fourth. Speaking of fine, sweet in the, in the South. Now, this, Sugar bomb. This one I'm not quite sure about. This uh, this pie came in third place. Chicken pot pie came oh, in. That's not, not a pie. pie. That's what, it's, it's right in the name. Well, well, doesn't obviously, matter. Obviously, well. it's got a crust. It's round. It's got the name. But that's Comes not out what, of the oven. If you say, <laughs> would you like pie after dinner? And you bring somebody some chicken pot pie. I'm going to that restaurant every day. They're going to look at you like you're crazy. It is a little bit like uh, John's House of uh, Roast Beef, is it? In San Francisco. House of Prime Rib. House of Prime Rib. Yeah. That's it. I knew yeah. I had, had it half off. Uh, right. For dessert, they bring you more meat. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Would you like some pie? Sure. Chicken pot pie. America's second favorite pie for Thanksgiving, pumpkin pie. Oh, Lord. 23%. Well, obviously, number one's going to be apple, then. It is, indeed. So, quit dragging it out. Apple pie. We have endless mind-blowing and mind-numbing rehashings of the midterm to get to, Marshall. My wife usually makes one pumpkin, one apple for Thanksgiving. Oh, that's a good way to be. Absolutely. If you want to be giant and fat 
I would eat a chicken pot pie right now. So would I. Oh, God dang, would I? That's a good one. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Nothing gets hotter than a chicken pot pie, though. Oh, please. If you cook a chicken pot pie, you could you could keep your house warm for the entire winter. <laughs> yeah, oh, please, you could cook one for the astronauts, launch them to Mars, and it'd be warm when they got there. Man, Function and uh, nutrition. Maybe that's why they're so good. You're so GD hungry by the time they cool off enough to eat it. They taste. Oh, man. I remember when I was a little kid growing up in Chicago. It'd be January. We'd be all excited. We'd, my mom would uh, make us a chicken pot pie, and we'd, we'd put that thing down our pants, then go out and play football for an hour, two hours in the snow, and we'd stay warm. Yeah. And then we'd come inside and enjoy dinner. The story used, took an odd turn. I used to work in the feedlots. I'd put one under each armpit before right. I had it out right. on a winter day. Mm, good times. <laughs> Uh, Simpler times. What this election has been about and hasn't been about, I found interesting. Little article over the weekend. We got to play you some more clips from Saturday Night Live because there's a lot of stuff, including a joke that's causing great controversy. As it should. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I think it's agreed upon now. It's going to be an enormous turnout, like presidential level turnout tomorrow. Um, I suppose we'll dissect that when we have the numbers on uh, on Wednesday and uh, talk about what that means. I don't know what that means. Has there ever been a midterm with more turnout than a presidential election? I'm sure there hasn't. No, no. no. Well, that'd be insane, because the turnout was super high last time right. for the presidential election, but we'll see. You know, I'd, I, I would celebrate more people voting if I didn't think that most people vote for the wrong reasons I, or I, the wrong things. I but. hate to even get into this, but is it is it? it's just about Trump, right? It's, it's yeah. re- Trump's the reason. To a large extent. This is, well, when American Idol was huge, more people voted for American Idol. Because that was the popular TV show. There aren't. This is the popular TV show now. The issues aren't uh, really any different or more intense than they've been in the past. What about that caravan? The scary, scary. What about the Republicans stealing your health care, shooting your doctor, knifing your nurse? But these sorts of claims have been made in the past. It's the Trump factor. It's just mm-hmm. so clearly the Trump factor. Yep. Um, this piece in the New York Post, which um, I mentioned by a guy named F.H. Buckley, who teaches law at the Scalia Law School, wherever that is. Um, is that the one George uh, George Mason? I think it is. Might be. Um, and uh, this guy's clearly a Trump hater. Some of you would hate this. But his headline was, thanks to Dems and Trump, this year's campaigns mostly dodged the real issues. It's been a stupid election. Stupid because when we vote on Tuesday, the real issues that determine the outcome in 2016 will have been largely ignored. Yep. In 2016, Trump told voters that America, the American dream, the idea that our kids would have it better than we did, had fled, that he'd bring it back. He said Democrats can complain about social and blah, 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 blah. And he goes through how a lot of these things have uh, been accomplished. The economy's humming along, all this sort of stuff. Um, but how both sides have latched onto this whole fear thing now, and that has been the issue... Um, now for a very long time and he points out better than anybody i've seen do and he agrees he agrees with any of you who agree with us i guess because some of you don't that the uh, the caravan is largely a scare tactic 
that uh, sending troops to the border is to make you uh, seem like it's a bigger deal than it is, to mm-hmm. be very afraid. As Joe has pointed out, this if the caravan came in tomorrow, that number of people come here every week, mm-hmm. every year, and have for years and will for years to come. It's a particularly busy week. Yeah. While it's, it's egregious and galling that they were band together and say, oh, no, you're going to let us in. It's... In terms of the numbers, it's not that big a deal. But it seems pretty clear Trump, you know, I, 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 I'm happy about the fact that he's drawing attention to the illegal immigration issue and our porous borders issue and saying we're not going to allow this to happen. I agree 100% with him on that. Mm-hmm. Um, that this particular caravan is going to somehow ruin America versus last week's illegals or next week's illegals. That's just a scare tactic. But for people who are really beating the president up on that and and I saw that all weekend long and following your various talk shows it's the he's trying to scare people he's using the politics of fear hold on as fh buckley says you can't go around telling us trump is hitler that trump's policies are simply dog whistles for racism that the dark night of fascism is about to descend on america and then tell us you have a problem with fearmongering well fascism's got to fight side you know fight uh, jim crow uh, head on for supremacy, because that's coming, too. You can't say, as Cory Booker did, that people who support Brett Kavanaugh are complicit with evil and then complain that this is a dark moment in our politics when Trump is using the caravan to scare us. Well said. You can't ask people to harass Trump supporters, as Maxine Waters does, and then pretend you want to return to civility. Um, And... uh you know, my poor uh, daughter who's signing up for health care through one of the exchanges for the first time in her life, she said to me, Dad, I'm not sure if I should even bother because I hear the Republicans are taking away people's health care. And I said, honey, they're, no, that's not happening. But she leans left. She lives in, you know, the Seattle-Tacoma area. So she's surrounded by fevered progressive talk, and she's become convinced that the Republicans are going to take away health care because you hear that all the time. I had to tell her it's not going to happen. I think Trump is overplaying the whole caravan thing in an attempt to scare people uh, with an election coming up. But as a guy who reads the New York Times and every it happened this weekend, reading the book reviews, you can't read a book review that doesn't somehow tie it into Trump and how Trump is Hitler or fascism is on our doorstep. Right. You can hardly read a, a, a review about recipes or sports. How about the, all the praise for that wacky? What was the, the the apocalyptic dealio where the women were being forced to give birth and all? That was oh, the handmade, handmade tale. tale yeah. Handmade tale. That was omnipresent. Won every word award because it was a warning about the era of Trump. You can't oh, say God. we're living in 1938 Germany and then act like it's crazy if Trump uses this fear tactic. How about you both stop? Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. I'm not a fan of Hitler. That's enough to wear a guy out, huh? So the day after tomorrow, do we stop talking about the caravan? I mean, I still want to talk about securing the borders and all that sort of stuff. Stop illegal immigration. I'm all for that. But And a guest worker program. Yeah. And either a path to citizenship or not a path to citizenship for people who have been here for years and years. And what to do with the DACA people. That's fine. Let's talk about all of it. But nobody wants to. Nobody actually wants to. Did you see the feature on um, uh, on Texas last night on 60 Minutes? I did not because I finally jettisoned the thieving bastards that have been providing me TV for the last quite a few years and went with another another company. It's a good move. Saved well my wife. Way to go, honey. Saved a lot of money. But I forgot to program 60 minutes. Funny Darn. you would bring that up. It was either a bird hit our dish or a tree branch grew in front of it or the kids hit it with a ball and are lying to me. Something. <laughs> the dish isn't working and it hasn't been for days. And um, 
And I have managed just fine without it. Hmm. I watched 60 Minutes on the CBS app yeah, last night, and it was done. fine. I watched um, uh, Fox News Sunday with Chris Wallace on their website. I watched Meet the Press on Hulu, and I watched ABC This Week on Hulu. I watched everything I needed. I watched Saturday Night Live on YouTube. I watched everything I needed to watch wow. without having dish. And I thought, why am I giving them $120 a month or something like that? Yeah. Mm, I might have cut the cord and didn't know. And I know Sean's been doing it for a long time. If I didn't, if it weren't for news shows, I've always thought I'd have cut the cord a long time ago. But God, I got all my news shows effortlessly. So you could watch the full 60 minutes on the CBS, what, website? Or you have an app? CBS app. Yeah, yeah and the full that, episode's but... on there. And it's as easy as can be. How do you get these apps? Is that easily done? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it was a free app at the app store. So, yeah. Wow. It's, um... I'm I'm sorry, uh, Dish, but uh, a bird hitting my dish may have ended our relationship. <laughs> I unsigned up from uh, Dish Network, and I'll, it, it actually went pretty well. There was no fight in me like I was expecting. Of course, I got on the phone loaded for bear. I was like uh, what Matt Damon said. I'm going to start at about 11. And go, what from there? All right. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. And my kids watched Netflix all weekend. They didn't even notice that the dish wasn't hooked up. 